0: gentlemen ladies, and gays this is the real pineapple this is your humble host hunter here hope you're all having a great night weekend day whenever you're checking this out i've got a review for the latest dc offering here we go grab your pitchforks and your torches got a review for black adam which is directed by john colette sarah who of course you know from directing a shocking amount of lee Neeson movies uh including non-stop which kicks ass uh, unknown, which is sight, uh, Run All Night, which I actually do enjoy, uh, The Commuter, which is actually pretty good. I like, I like The Commuter. But he recently did Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt last year, which that review is on the channel now. Spoiler, I actually really liked uh, Jungle Cruise quite a bit. I was actually surprised at how much I liked Jungle Cruise. But this brings us to Black Adam, which of course stars Dwayne Johnson and you know Dwayne Johnson, of course, from uh, you know Mixed Race to uh, mixed race to Witch Mountain, you know him from uh, Fast Five, uh, Faster, which I think is a very underrated movie, uh, the aforementioned Jungle Cruise, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, Ballers. Dwayne Johnson's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, film stars in the world, and if you've listened to the podcast for a decent amount of time, I've been calling him the Simone Will Smith. And the reason I've been calling him the Simone Will Smith is because I do think we need to have a conversation about who Dwayne Johnson is. And when I say that, I mean as far as his box office drawing power. Because when you look at things like Skyscraper, when you look at things like San Andreas, when you look at DC League of Superbets, even, or, uh, you know, Red Notice or God, I mean, I could could keep going. Um, You know, I mentioned Skyscraper, but he's been he's been consistent at points, but he really isn't the megastar box office wise. I think a lot of people think he is. Uh, Baywatch didn't do well. Um central intelligence didn't really do well. He he's he's more miss more misses recently than I think people really think about. Uh th- those Jumanji movies really helped. And the fact that those are more family, uh skewed towards families, I know has definitely helped his uh cachet and definitely helped his box office. But even Hobbes and Shaw for What I think a lot of people would expect from the Fast and Furious franchise, that even underperformed as well. But this has been something that has been 15 years in the making. Dwayne Johnson has been adamant about bringing Black Adam to the big screen. He has said that you know the hierarchy of the DCEU is about to change, uh, which I will get into that in a second. So how does this movie break down? Oh yeah, let's get into it. So Dwayne Johnson, of course, stars as the titular character, in Black Adam, um, one thing I will say right off the right off the bat that I actually do like about the film is I like the way they go ahead and set up. Like, okay, how do I how do I put this? This movie's just over two hours. It's two hours four minutes. There's a lot crammed in here, and that and that's something that I do think is to the detriment of the film because they zoom through so much. The first 10 minutes, I'd say, is pure exposition, and it's just an exposition dump, including voiceover, which I just went, oh god, okay, it's just, it's a very lazy way to do this shit, but that's how they choose to do it, so whatever, but it's not even like Korg, where it's like kind of fun, but I digress, uh, we start off in uh, in Condoc, I think is how you say it, but um, we get, uh, we get a cool connection to the, uh, Council of Wizards, so you get that Shazam connection, but, uh, but Black Adam's people have been enslaved, it's very Scorpion King-ish <laughs> at that point as well, but what I do appreciate about how they depict it is that you really do feel like these people are suffering, they are mining for this resource that is gonna go ahead and bring, uh, eternal power to the kingdom, the king at the time goes ahead and basically just starts killing people off because they're not working hard enough. And that's what leads to the champion aspect of Black Adam. Uh, Black Adam's about, to, uh, the person who becomes a Black Adam's about to get killed. Council Wizards give him the power. He comes back and fucks, uh, fucks shit up. And I will say that sequence in particular is actually really well handled. There is some stuff with the action that I went I do enjoy this quite a bit, it's, it's, it's hit and miss admittedly at points, and I'll get, in that until, uh, get into that in a moment, but there are some of the action beats that did actually work, but they really zo- do zoom through the origin pretty quick, so they mentioned this, uh this crown. And the crown in particular, the crown of uh, Sabak. So they kind of have this throwaway line about it, which does end up... Okay, by the way, spoilers for this, because I do need to actually spoil to kind of get into um, mild spoilers, I'll say. Uh, Because there are some things I do need to get into to discuss how I feel about the film. But the crown of uh, Sabak, they go ahead and they have this kind of throwaway line of saying, oh, if you, you know, if someone wears this, this can summon demons from the ancient world. And I went, all right, that's, that's interesting. And they don't really bring it up again until the last third of the movie, which I will get to. But Black Adam gets in prison for 5,000 years. He wakes up in present day, which is where we go ahead and we get the introduction of not just the JSA, but of some other characters, including uh, Adriana Tumas, who is played by Sarah uh, Sahi. She looked really familiar, and I was racking my brain. I remember her from, from Bullet to the Head, <laughs> which is kind, which is kind of random. And there's a show fairly legal. I don't know if anyone remembers that from uh, USA. That was a really good show. She's currently on uh, Sex Life right now, but... She's actually a pretty good actress, oh, she's on uh, she's on Chicago Fire, okay, there you go, she was on there too, but I wish they had given her better dialogue, because I think she does a good job of elevating what is some very just lame dialogue at, at points, she is, you know, the feisty mom who has a kid, and what's frustrating about her is that she's making some good points, but the the fact that... All of this is kind of her fault. Actually, not even kind of her fault. It is her fault. She's the one who goes ahead and is looking for the crown with her with her brothers. And she goes ahead and basically awakens Black Adam. And so all this destruction and everything throughout the city, yeah, Black Adam's obviously doing it, but... This motherfucker was enslaved for a reason (laughs) and she wakes him up because she's looking for something that she shouldn't be. And she talks about how the crown is incredibly dangerous and how it needs to be out of the wrong hands. But there's really no plan on what to do with the crown. They just kind of she just kind of goes, well, we have to get it out of the town. And I went, all right, so where are you going to put it afterwards? If anything, you should fortify the place it's at now you know put some cement and shit over it or something (laughs) instead of just unearthing it and then moving it somewhere else it it really it's a very flawed plan honestly and the movie just kind of goes shut up shut up shut up don't think about it and I'll just get this out of the way now there is someone who's introduced very early on you kind of get this vibe about, yeah, this person's probably bad. The twist they pull with this person, you can see coming from a mile away, and the way it factors into the third act as far as the, quote, villain, unquote, of the film, was something I just, I, I'm not gonna lie, y'all, I rolled my eyes and I was just laughing. I was like, give me a fucking break. Really? This is where you're going with the big CGI final battle fest? I just, dumb. Furthermore, I know this is a DC movie, I know they just they can't quit Zack Snyder, even though he's not coming back, I get it. But Mike, can we just stop with the insane amount of slow-mo? There's so much slow-mo in this movie. There's probably, at minimum, 10 instances where they use slow-mo, and I just went, okay, we, we don't need to use slow-mo for every fucking thing. Like, we really don't. But, I, I was talking about Black Adam's powers and kind of his intro... You see it teased in the trailer when he wakes up and he is using his uh, his lightning to go ahead and like, break through the, the tomb and everything. That's a really cool sequence. I, I'm not crazy about how his super speed is filmed. It just looks a little clunky. To me, but as far as his electricity, that's badass. There's a point where he, he mortal combats this guy. It's, it's, it's basically a fucking fatality where he just melts this guy's skull and you see it break, uh, break off in Black Adam's hands. I went, God damn. And he reaches through a rock and melts another guy. So there are some, there's some badass sequences in this movie. I went, shit, okay. Now, I do have to get to the thing that I, uh, so, I, so I mentioned the JSA earlier, so we get to Aldous Hodge, who plays uh, Hawkman, you of course know Aldous Hodge, most likely from Leverage, if, you've, uh, if you haven't if you have seen it, you definitely should, straight out of Compton, he was Jim Brown in One Night in Miami, which if you have listened to the podcast, that review's up now, but holy hell, he's amazing in that, and uh, Hidden Figures as well, He he's an incredible, incredible actor, and This kind of gets into one of my, uh, one of a couple complaints I do have about this movie, because Hawkman, I think, is a really cool character. If you've watched Justice League Unlimited, if you've read some JSA, if you've read some Justice League, Hawkman's a cool character, and he just gets punked out by Black Adam over and over and over again, to a point where it almost feels like a parody, and he is really one-note Whenever he's around Black Adam where he's basically going, heroes, there's only two people. There's heroes and villains, which, you know, is complete bullshit because there's, you know, civilians and there's levels to the shit. But that's kind of what he just keeps, uh, <laughs> Hawkman, uh, parroting, if you will. He just keeps saying that shit over and over. And there's just a point where you go, Black Adam's clearly not listening to you. He's clearly not going to change. Why do you keep going? <laughs> Why do you keep going back to this well when the wells run dry? God damn it. So that's really quite frustrating for me as far as just watching an actor of his caliber have to say this shit. But where he does get to shine is in some of the action beats, even though, again, he is getting his ass kicked. The Hawkman suit looks fantastic. It looks great on on, on the big screen. The gold uh, accents, it's just it's the way the costume looks. Is badass, and I was really happy to see it realized in live action to the degree that it was. the The interactions with him and Dwayne Johnson, him and Black Adam, are just are just very clunky and very one note. Where the movie does just shine, it's brightest for me. I kind of mentioned this on Twitter on on my social media. Doctor Fate, played by Pierce Brosnan, who of course you know from Thomas Crown Affair, Mama Mia, uh, the November Man, which people sleep on that movie. That movie was actually. Quite a bit of fun. Um, uh, Survivor. Uh, I know I'm, I'm missing other other things, but he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, even Remember Me, which is not a good movie, but he's great in that movie. Pierce Brosnan is very similar to how I felt about Anthony Hopkins in Thor or uh, Robert Redford in Captain America When Soldier. Just these actors or actresses who've been in the game for a while, who have this cachet, who have this level of gravitas where... They could easily come in and go, ah, this is a, this is a Kate film. I'm going to sleepwalk through this. But Brosman is bringing it in this movie. And he honestly is the best actor and best performance in this movie. And I don't think it's really particularly close. Brosman, when his Dr. Fate enters the screen... He has this natural charisma that Brazen obviously has, but the way he's speaking about his powers and speaking about the future and speaking about Black Adam, realizing that, yeah, Black Adam does kind of suck, but that they might need him down the road, his mind is open enough to the concept of Black Adam that he's not just shitting all over this guy like Hawkman is. And there's a great ongoing joke between Black Adam and Dr. Fate about sarcasm, which is by far the best humor in the movie. Because I will say the humor for this movie really doesn't work for me. I think it falls really flat. And a large portion of that is because of body, uh, Sab- uh Sabangi is what I'm going to go with, who plays Eamon uh, Tumiz, who is... Adriana's kid, look, I understand that not every kid is going to be a great actor right out the gate, uh, or actress, or what have you, out the gate, I get that, and he hasn't been in a ton of stuff, he was in the, he's in the Babysitter's Club, which I really actually enjoyed the Babysitter's Club, but he, he's just, he's really bad, <laughs> he's really bad, they're trying to do the Shazam thing, where he's supposed to be the one kind of telling Black Adam, but how the new world, you know, how the world, the the modern world works and how, you know, he needs to have a catchphrase and all and things like that. But they're trying to do the Jack Dylan uh, Grazer thing that they did with uh, uh, with Freddy in, in Shazam. They're trying to do that here and totally it just does not work. He keeps telling them, you know, oh, you need to have a catchphrase. You need to do this. You need to say something cool before you kill the villains. And it's just it's very clunky, and it feels like the movie stops pretty much every time to do that shit. And it's just, it's it's frustrating, because I think if you just, honestly, like you kind of need to have the kid in here for where his mom's arc and his arc goes. And if you're not a comic book reader, I, I just won't spoil it. But he just, it's very clunky with him in Black Adam, and I really wanted that kid to die. I was, I was hoping he died, he doesn't, by the way, but I don't know, like, there, there are things about this movie that I, I really did enjoy, I think the JSA stuff, for the most part, does work, I haven't gotten them yet, so I might as well bring him up now, uh, Noah Cinter- uh, Centineo is what I'm going to go with, plays Adam Smasher, and uh, Quintessa Swindell play Cyclone, Uh, they straight up might as well have not even been in this fucking movie there's no reason for them to be in this, they are, they're basically as filler, and they get a couple quips I did love the cameo of who the original Adam Smasher is, I won't spoil who it is but there is actually a reason for the red looking suit. And the suit looks good, I think, but it's it's just very so much of this stuff does ring hollow for me, because it's not well developed enough. I rarely say this, but this movie kinda need to be as long as Eternals. This kinda need to be probably two and a half hours if it's in order to, I think, adequately flesh out several of these things that I think are just kind of left by the wayside, especially Adam Smasher and Cyclone, because if you're fans of either of them, this is basically Jubilee in X-Men Apocalypse, where she's there, but she's not really there, and that sucks for two characters who are in the fucking JSA to be this underdeveloped. Outside of that, There are, uh, the the trailer has spoiled it, so I'll talk about it here. We do get Viola Davis back as Amanda Waller, but this is where I just kind of groan and go, DC, what are we doing here? Because if you remember at the end of Peacemaker, what happens with Amanda Waller, it really makes no sense whatsoever that she has any power left, unless they go ahead and retcon that, which admittedly they easily fucking could. But... To have her be so, oh, you uh, reaching out to the JSA and going, you need to be the ones to take down Black Adam. It really doesn't make any sense that she's the one to reach out. So I was actually pretty peeved by that. And again, it just really makes no sense. There is a point where Adriana does bring up the fact when the JSA does show up, she brings up the fact that, oh, you guys are here now because Black Adam is a person of interest to you? Where were you when we were being enslaved and having this dictatorship, you know, brought down upon us for decades? And it's a really cool moment because you go, all right, I'm happy you actually addressed that. But then (laughs) Black Adam is destroying buildings like left and right. And just the amount of superhero damage that's done because of him alone, you go, all right, you have a point, but at the same time, you did let this fucker out and <laughs> and he's causing just as much damage, if not more damage, than all four members of the fucking JSA are doing. It, it's just it, it's it's very it's it, that's weird and it just rings a little hollow. Also, the whole conceit of this movie, the whole big crux of, you know, what makes a hero, what makes a villain. The movie just kind of drops that halfway through <laughs> because It's very funny to have Hawkman go, you know, heroes don't kill people when you think back to Man of Steel and Superman snaps Zod's neck and, you know, Wonder Woman is, you know, stabbing people through the chest and throwing people, you know, like it's, this is the wrong universe to be bringing that shit up in. There's a reason why Marvel, like the only person who really has any qualms about killing is Spider-Man and that's, and they make that very crystal fucking clear, it, it, it's really frustrating how the movie kind of brings that up and then just drops it, so I don't know, There, there there's just there's just things in between some stuff that I really did enjoy that I just went, ah, this is clunky, there is one joke I will say that did legit make me go, haha, okay movie, that was funny, because Black Adam is trying to learn, you know, maybe don't kill so much, there's a point where, the, uh, where uh, Amon gets kidnapped, and Doctor Fate, you know, goes bring, you know, bring this military guy back to our ba- uh, Back to the base. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll break his mind. Black Adam gets really quiet, and Doctor Fate just goes, "Well, wait, did you kill him?" And Black Adam goes, pauses for a second, goes, "Yeah, he didn't make it." And like that's a funny joke, but then you're literally making fun of your premise as far as the whole. Well, you know, like. Black Adam Can't Stop Killing, Waka Waka, so the movie, it, it, it kept having these points where I went, this is really cool at, in bits and pieces, and then there are this these other parts where I went, this is really maddening and pretty dumb, the more I think about the movie, the less I like it, and but at the same time, the JSA stuff does kick ass, and so getting my final thoughts, and actually, okay. eh, Dwayne Johnson spoiled it, so I'll I'll spoil it. The end credit scene, (laughs) okay, it makes no sense. It makes no sense that this person is back, given how they're brought back, and I'll just leave it at that. But it is cool that this person is back, but they have to execute. They have to actually follow up on this. I don't want to hear about, oh, we're going to do a sequel to to that movie. And, you know, eight years from now, we still don't have it. I actually need DC to come out, preferably next Comic-Con, and actually have a goddamn roadmap and have a fucking plan. Because canceling Fandom... Uh, which was supposed to happen this month. I've talked about that. It's still one of the dumber fucking decisions that Dave Zaslav has made, and that's really saying something coming from him. You need to give your fans a reason to be excited. Does this change the DC hierarchy? I mean, fuck, what hierarchy is left to change at this point? But this is no way, in no way, as torturous as the trailers made it look, because I could not have given a fuck about this movie from watching the trailers. But I do think that there's enough here that if you're a fan of the JSA, if you're a fan of Black Adam, this would make you probably want to read some Black Adam. Because you'd be curious about the gaps that this movie definitely leaves out, and there's definitely quite a few. This isn't the best movie in the world, but this isn't the worst movie in the world. It just kind of falls in the middle, which has kind of been my issue with DC overall, with the fact that it's just so much untapped potential. You know, I keep saying Matt Reeves or James Gunn should just write all DC shit, and I've was kind of saying it in jest at points, but I kind of stand by that. Like, let Papa Gunn, let James Gunn handle this shit, because he's the one who clearly understands these characters. But I'm going to give this, oh, God, I'm going to give this a, I'm going to give minus. a B-, I think if you see this at an early matinee, or $5 movie Tuesday, uh, like Cinemark has, I think you'll go. At worst, it was a fun popcorn flick at, at parts, but it, they need new screenwriters for this shit. Like, give me different screenwriters because I, I just wasn't crazy about how this was this was handled. The writers in question are Adam uh sits Sitzkil, R- uh Rory Haynes, and then I'm gonna butcher this one as well. Sorry. Uh Sarab uh Nashi uh Nashra is what I'm gonna go with. Um Adam was a writer on Due Date, holy shit, oh my god, he did Due Date, fuck, he wrote Due Date and Rampage, which, you know, not great, but he wrote Scoob, and I really enjoyed Scoob, um, uh, Rory Haynes was a writer on, uh, not a lot of stuff, actually, so they're pretty much brand new, so, yeah, and same thing for Sharab. Uh, uh, so, Not a ton of writing pedigree behind this film, and yeah, they need to get other writers (laughs) for the inevitable probably sequel that we'll get. But yeah, B minus, I think that's fair for this. But Black Adam, everyone, what'd you think of it? Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow the, uh, like both of our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. That's R-E-E-L, Pineapple. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and TuneUp. And Samsung podcast at The Real Pineapple. Don't forget to follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. And you can follow me on TikTok at Black Shazam775. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll have reviews up next week for the Real Spooky series. We've got quite a bit that's dropped next week, including reviews for X, the Black Phone, Scream, and Scream 2, and Scream 3. So we've got quite a few. Uh, horror movies coming out next week Uh, i don't think there's really any new releases next week that i'm interested in so there will probably be i'll have something else up uh, as outside of the real spooky stuff but everyone thank you so much for listening stay safe out there go get your flu shot it's starting to get cold out there tell someone you love them today we all need to hear that more but thanks again for your support and we'll talk to you soon